All right, everybody, we are back. Marks Takes Sports Radio and the Mets have the best record in the National League. What a day. Today is June 6th. The Mets have the best record in the National League. It's a beautiful day. You guys are listening to this on June 7th. The Mets just tied the series with the Dodgers, I'm going to be getting into my experience at the two games that I went to, which were the two anemic, feeble performances, and then, of course, the two games that I didn't go to, they win. And then we'll be talking NBA Finals, and then we have some questions to get to at the end, which I uh, sent on my Instagram story. I said, basically, ask me anything. And, um, yeah, so let's get right into it. This is Mark's Takes Sports Radio. All right, everybody. So let's talk about those New York Mets. They are on a difficult, difficult West Coast road trip, and they started off in Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers for a two-game series, or for a four-game series. My bad. I went to two games. I went to Thursday and Friday, so that was... um. Bassett on Friday, and Taiwan Walker on Thursday. Starting off with Thursday, I'm just going to say this. It may be a hot take. You know, it may be, you know, it may, it may be controversial, but I was really not impressed with the Dodgers, um, really besides the pitching on Thursday. They scored two runs. You know, I, from what, I don't watch a lot of Dodger games, only kind of when there's nothing on on the West Coast. From what I saw, you know, and from the way the people talk, you know, the way sports media people talk about the Dodgers, I should be there with my mouth on the floor, jaw dropped. This is one of the greatest teams of all time. Jaw on the floor. They're going to score 10-plus runs every single night. And I was, you know, the Mets were just, the Mets offense was dead. It was anemic. It was just like there was there was nothing. They were also Tony Gonsolin's also a beast. So I'm not gonna take any credit away from him. But I guess more of the Dodgers offense, I was not that impressed with. Like it wasn't the greatest thing of all time. My jaw wasn't on the floor. Taiwan Walker did a fine job. And it's not, you know, I wasn't that impressed. The the Mets offense was just worse you know they put up a big zero they got shut out first shut out of the season and but I wasn't super impressed and you know the Dodgers were coming off a sweep uh or they were coming off getting swept by the Pirates the Mets were on a six game road uh six game winning streak this was very expected you know the Dodgers were due for one especially because they had been swept by the Pirates at home embarrassing the Mets were on a hot streak you know they swept the Phillies they swept the Nationals they were on a hot streak, and you know you get to you get to LA. You got a seven ten game, which is really ten ten on the East Coast. Shout out to all my East Coast people that watched and stayed up all weekend. It's exhausting, and you know this was due. Putting a zero on the board is never great, but again, I my mouth wasn't you know on the ground, jaw dropped. Like that's kind of the way that I was expecting it to be when you know when people talk about the Dodgers again I don't watch a lot of Dodger games I don't I still think Dave Roberts is a moron but 
you know, my jaw wasn't on the ground. It was more just like, okay, yeah, this is a solid team, but like this is a team that we can definitely, you know, beat. And it would be a fantastic NLCS or NLDS, what, whatever it is. Like, this would be a fantastic series. And I'm looking forward to seeing them again at City Field in August. So, that was that was Thursday. You know, it's never fun to not see your team score a run when you're there in person. Friday was honestly kind of worse. They, you know, Bassett has just been not great. I don't really know what's wrong with him. But... You know, he hasn't really been that great since we were in San Francisco taking on the Giants. So, you know, he was not great. It was like 4-1, 6-1. The offense was dead. I mean, I think they were a bit burnt out, tired, uh, traveling from the West, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Without a day off is exhausting. I mean, that, you know, you got to, we had the game against the Nationals. You get on a flight. And then you're jet lagged, and the next day you're playing at 7:10, which is really 10:10, and you're playing till you know 10:30 at night, you know 10:45, which is almost two in the morning. So it's exhausting, and it's borderline unfair to not have a day off in between those, you know, that travel day. But you know, Friday was tough. It was just their pitching was so solid both the nights I went. And Bassett was just, he didn't have it. That was kind of the end of it. And the offense was still anemic. You know, they had a one-run bomb from Pete Alonzo, who owns now Dodger Stadium. He's the owner of Dodger Stadium. I don't care that we split. He's the owner of Dodger Stadium. And so on on a Saturday was David Peterson pitching. You know, that was an intense bullpen game. That was... You know, he got pulled in like the third or fourth inning. Walker Bueller, not great either. The thing about this Mets team is, you know, they go down. Like, they were down whatever, 3-1, 4-1. And last year, they would have just given up. Like, that's the game. You know, we're down 4-1. We're down 3-1. The offense is horrible. We're not coming back from this. No, this team, they really put into a new gear when they're down. Like, multiple, you know, when they're down... So, like, when they're down multiple runs, they really shift into, like, this new gear. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're actually, like, really, you know, let's, let's you know, score some runs. So, you know, they tie it up. Or, no, it was 3-4. to four. Pete Alonzo, two-run bomb. It's 5-4. Eduardo Escobar, single bomb, 6-4. Um, to four. And, you know, 6-4 to four with any other team. I feel good, you know, two-run lead. But with the Dodgers on a Saturday night, I'm like, oh, no. We need at least we need at least five runs. And then what happens? Pete Alonzo, who owns Dodger Stadium, three-run bomb, and it's 9-4. to four, And I'm like, okay, time to, you know, time to hang it up. And that was, you know, Pete just was on another level this entire weekend. And really putting himself into the NL MVP conversation. But some of those pitches, you know, one of them was 100 mile uh, from greater for Gratterall, 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 and was 100 mile. He has the slowest 100 mile fastball I've ever seen. But like Pete, like barely, like he barely swung. It was like a little check swing. And he's so powerful that that little like half check swing was a full home run. And it was a 100 mile per hour fastball. And he just like kind of like. Chuck, you know, he just kind of like Chuck uh, swung at it, and it was a full home run, three run home runs, nine to four. Then Dave Roberts, the idiot, tries to come in, and you know he wants to put a position player, 
pitching, but you you have to be you have to be down by six runs or more, and it was nine to four. So he couldn't put a position player in. So then they had to warm up an entire other pitcher, which took another like twenty minutes. He just doesn't really know like the rules of the game. So when they started warming up this the pitcher, um, I forgot who was gonna pitch. I think Zach McKinstry was gonna pitch for the Dodgers, and um. But you can't do that. Like you have to be, you have to be down by six runs or more. They were only down by five. Dave Roberts just doesn't know the. He just doesn't understand the rules of baseball. So they had to warm up another pitcher. It took twenty minutes. It was like, I'm on the West Coast. When they started warming up this pitcher, it was past ten o'clock. It was at least ten fifteen, and so this one fifteen, and it was the. I think it was the top of the ninth, I believe, and it was ten fifteen, and the Dodgers still had to bat in the bottom of the ninth. And I was like, I'm going to bed. I cannot watch this. I cannot wait another 20 minutes for this, you know, player to warm up for the bottom of the ninth. So I just went to bed and I woke up. Same, you know, it's nice when it's the same score when you go to bed. Like, Mets bottom of the ninth. You never know, if, you know, if they let the Dodgers tack on, like, two to three runs in the bottom of the ninth. You just never know it's, if it's, like, easy, easy. But, you know, I went to bed, and it was the same score as when I fell asleep, which is always, it's always, that's always a massive win. So, it felt good. And then Sunday was just insane. So, you know, we're down, I think it was 2-0, and, you know, shout out to Trevor Williams. He was solid. Like, he just does, you know, just enough, you know, just enough to, um, to help the Mets. Like, he's never, like, amazing, but he has, like, a decent ERA. He has, like, a, a little under, I, I think he has, like, a, either a four or just under four ERA. You know, he would be okay in, like, the back of the rotation, back of the starting rotation, and he's just done just, you know, exactly what he needs to do. Not too much, you know, not, he didn't go out there and stink it up. I just can't believe we were in San Francisco and we had that idiot, you know, whatever his name is, Sapucky go in and pitch, and Trevor Williams was available that day. You know, that's just still kind of eats me alive. Um, like, Trevor Williams came in that same game and had, like, some really good innings, but we were already down, you know, 8-9-1. to one. So that, that still bothers me. Um, but Trevor Williams was great. Um, Edwin Diaz, you know, came in, and we were up – I think we're at that point we were up 4-2. to two. You know, we had we had Pete score. Pete had a double. There was just solid, solid offense all around. Starling Marte had a um, home run. And so, just solid offense. And Edwin Diaz comes in in the eighth. He has a 1-2-3 in the, you know, heart of the Dodgers order. Mookie, Freddie Freeman, uh, I think it was Trey Turner. Like, that's the heart of their order. That's where it gets, you know, a bit scary. And, you know, goes through a 1-2-3 inning with them. It's We're up 4-2, bottom of the ninth. And Seth Lugo, Seth Lugo, man, you he just, you know, he just doesn't have it. He's just not the same guy as he was a couple of years ago. There was a lot of, you know, people on Twitter. Diaz should have gone two. Literally anybody but Lugo, which I agree with. He's just not. He hasn't been great this year. There's been moments where he's had shown flashes of his prior self, but nothing, you know, nothing consistently, nothing, you know, amazing, and, you know, he blew it, it was, you know, luckily they didn't walk it off in the bottom of the ninth, but at that point, I'm like, this is exhausting, it's 5, it's 5 p.m., NBA Finals is starting, and, yeah, so, basically, 
It's the bottom of the ninth. They tie it up. Seth Lugo's an idiot. And top of the tenth, J.D. Davis uh, scores a double. Pete Alonso scores from second. He was really, he was really running. I've never seen that guy run like that. He was really, you know, he was really running. And, yeah, so he scores. And then, you know, Medina comes in. First ever major league save, and the Mets win five to four, and they tie the series with the Dodgers. Insane. I mean, this team it looked ugly. You know, they they scored one run in two games. They got shut out. the The pitching was bad. Morale seemed down, but no, this team it bounced right back and to tie the series after just what was you know just brutal, 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 brutal two games that I was at. You know, I took one for the team. Brutal, brutal, brutal two games and. What happened? They were able to tie the series, which was massive, and I think it really showed, hey, yeah, we can play, you know, we can play and we can win against, you know, the top teams in the league, and we're right up there with them, you know? So, now the Mets are headed down to San Diego. They have a three-game series against the Padres. Obviously, I don't think the Padres are as, you know, like the Dodgers have just, you know, it's just like, Whenever, like, oh, we're playing the Dodgers, it's just such a big deal. It's like, oh, no, my God, it's the Dodgers. Like, we're, this is a big team, big time, you know, big time team, a lot of names. Padres, I feel a bit similar, but not to that extent. Like, I still think they're a great baseball team, really solid club. But I'm not, like, sitting here, like, shaking like I was for the Dodgers. You know, it's I can take some breath. It's not the end of the world if we lose to the Padres. And, again, they have a solid baseball team. And then we have three against the Anaheim Angels, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I will be there this Saturday um, to watch who I was just talking about, Trevor Williams, pitch on Saturday. And, yeah, so that should be fun. The Angels have lost 11 in a row. They got swept by the Phillies, got swept by the Yankees. They are really bad. They got swept by the Blue Jays. They, uh, they've lost 11 in a row. They're in a bit of a free fall. And, you know, hopefully the Mets can just take care of them. I just don't think they're... The pitching is really the uh, Achilles heel for them. It's really, really bad pitching. They have the two, you know, biggest superstars in the MLB, but the pitching is horrendous. I'm not talking necessarily about Otani because he's been okay this year. He hasn't been, you know, the best pitcher in the world, um, but he, he gets it done on both ends. The, the bullpen for the Angels is horrendous, and... They're never going to win anything unless they get some serious help in the bullpen and with the pitching. It's so, so bad. And and to lose 11 in a row in a baseball, you really got to be, like, really horrible, especially against the Phillies. The Phillies. And I know the Phillies, oh, we're back, we're back because they fired Joe Girardi. But it's like, you're still not great. Like, you're still not the – your defense is horrible. To get swept by the Phillies, swept by the Yankees, swept by the – they got swept by the Blue Jays at home. Um, before the Yankee series, that's tough to do. Not even get one at home, you know, not, not even get one against the Phillies. Like it's just, that is tough to do. And so I think they're in a full free fall looking at the power rankings. Cause there was some new power rankings that, that came out today. And I think the Mets are three Yankees were one Dodgers were two, the Dodgers being at two, you know, just makes no sense at all. Oh, you got swept by the Phillies. You lose. You, I mean, you you split the series with the Mets. I think the Mets should be one one above. It should go Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, and then you know the rest. You can the rest. You know, Yolo. Like who cares? But um, let's see here. 
I'm going to look at the power rankings. It is June 6th. It is June 6th, 2022, and there are some new power rankings. Where was that? It was uh, Cardinals were soaring. I saw the, the Cardinals are getting hot. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right, here we go. MLB, okay, MLB power rankings. And let's check. Here we go. So, the an the Angels are not even in the top 10. It goes Yankees, Mets, Dodgers. Astros are also really solid. Um, Padres, Blue Jays, Twins, Tampa Bay. Boy, they were getting killed on Sunday, Tampa Bay. At pitcher, Cardinals and Brewers. So, solid, solid teams. I don't even know where the Angels, like, I don't even know where they even rank. I mean, they they've got to be, you know, in the, in 15 to 20 I would say like they're, they're they are bad and they're in a full free fall and I ho I just hope the Mets can you know take care of them very very you know easily and yeah but the I will say the Angels like city jerseys are sick really sick the hats are sick the, the jerseys are sick the photo shoot was sick so shout out to them because you know they uh they had some great uh some great city jerseys. You know, you lose alone straight, but you get you get some really cool uh, jerseys. I don't even know where they're ranked, honestly. I want to see if they were in the top ten. They're not even the, they're not even in the top ten, and um, I only see that you know people are talking about the jerseys, which means they're very bad. So yeah, that's Angels are fifteen. I see here, Angels are fifteen. They they dropped seven spots. Guardians are better than them. Red Sox, Giants, Braves. Braves are climbing. You know, hopefully the Mets can Mets can hold on to this uh, NL East lead. It's big, but you know, with this tough schedule coming up, I just I just hope that the Phillies and the Braves can lose some games. It just doesn't help when you know the Braves the Braves sweep. The Rockies and the Phillies sweep the Angels. You know, it's it's not easy, but you know, it's a it's a long, long season, and I really try to take it day by day. Thinking about you know months ahead stresses me out beyond proportion, and because of that, I just take it day by day. So the Mets, number one in the NL, number one in the NL East, taking on the Padres. Three game series against the Padres. Three game series against the Angels, and then they are back at home taking on the Brewers. Should be great. You know, full swing baseball once once NBA Finals ends, and you know then it's full steam ahead on the Mets. But let's get into the NBA Finals. All right, NBA Finals game two was Sunday night. The Warriors blew out the Celtics to tie the series at one one apiece, and now we are heading to Boston for game three on Wednesday. Very interesting. I think that the Warriors blowout yesterday was inevitable. I think, you know, for the Celtics, they will they will take the one game win in San Francisco and, you know, they'll take that any day and run with it to T D Garden. You know, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy atmosphere in Boston. It's gonna be it's gonna be electric. I think that the Warriors still find a way to steal one in Boston just because they are resilient. They've been there before. I mean, I know they did lose the series to the Raptors in six, but they did win game five on the road, which was, you know, the series clinching game for the Raptors to win at home in the NBA Finals. And the Warriors won 
without Kevin Durant. So, um, you know, or maybe he got injured that game. I honestly don't really remember. I think he got injured, but they still won. Like, the Raptors played really bad, so you just never know. And this is, you know, resilient group. I think they'll I think they'll steal one in Boston. I think it's still Warriors Warriors and seven, I would say now. I said Warriors and five. I don't know. I think I was just I was underestimating the Celtics. I mean it still could happen. They still could win four in a, a three in a row. Um, you know. But I still think it's Warriors and seven and should be electric. I think it's honestly great when when we get a good long series that goes to like the mid of June, like June, you know, 19th I think is game 7. So I think that would be really good if we could, you know, get this going as as long as possible. The only bummer is that the NBA really takes their sweet time in between games. I mean, you know, Sunday to Wednesday is not horrible because they're traveling, but Thursday to Sunday, I mean, they were in SF the entire time. Why do you need like 3 days in between games? It's crazy. The NHL is doing every other day for series, even with travel. So I was like, why do we need three, four days in between games? It's pretty it's pretty nuts. But um, overall, I think it's a good series. I, I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this, but like when I'm watching this, it just like doesn't feel like the NBA Finals. I think when I grew up, it was just like I thought it was, you know, so sick, like Heat versus Spurs. Um Heat Spurs for two years, or what was it? Yeah, two years. OKC versus Heat. Um, Celtics, Lakers, you know, um, what was it? Mavs versus the Heat. Like, I don't know why. I just thought those matchups were, like, literally the coolest thing in the world. I think it was maybe just because I'm younger. It's just kind of bizarre for me to, like, look at Jason Tatum and be like, this guy is two years older than me, and he's in the NBA Finals. I think maybe that's why I find it, like, way less entertaining and, like, way less exciting. I genuinely just think it's, like, I just don't really, like, I used to, like, idolize these players. Sorry about that. I used to idolize these NBA players, and now it's, like, you know, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's interesting or whatever, but it's not, like, the most, like, amazing thing I've ever seen, you know? So, I still think it's pretty entertaining overall. I just, like, again, it's not, like, it's not, like, the most, it's not, like, the best series in the world. Hopefully, it can go to seven. I think, I don't know. I was watching last night, and, like, Steph is obviously amazing, but, like, the rest of the Warriors, man, are just a little bit inconsistent, especially Clay. Like, that dude will never, that dude, I, I it breaks my heart, but, like, I just don't think he'll ever be, like, how he was before he tore, like, both of his Achilles, and, like, it makes sense, it's, like, the toughest injury in sports, and you have to do it twice, it's, like, it makes sense, Draymond just kind of does whatever out there, like, dude gets away with anything, and Jordan Poole had that cool buzzer beater, but, again, maybe I'm just, like, so into the Mets that I just genuinely do not care about the, about the NBA Finals, like, I feel like it should be, like, really exciting for me, like, I love basketball, I have watched basketball for over 10 years now, like, 15 years, and I feel like, you know, it should be really exciting, but I just, like, genuinely don't care, and I kind of, like, last year was exciting for me because I was actively hate watching against Chris Paul and obviously the outcome was you know the best of all time because he lost he choked they were up 2-0 but you know if I'm not like really hate watching or if my team is like not really is not in it then I generally like don't care and like for both of these sides I don't really care it's like I don't hate the Warriors I actually like Steph Curry I like Draymond I think you know I used to hate them but I've come to respect them over time and 
with the Celtics, it's just, like, so new. It's like you, Jason Tatum, like, you just showed up in the league. Like, Jalen Brown, like, you just showed up. And, you know, they've been scratching the surface now for a while. So, I think it's I think it's good to see them, like, actually, like, break through and make it to the finals after just years and years of disappointment. You know, they got, they, uh, or they, they lost to the Heat in the bubble. They lost, they got swept by the Nets last year. So, you know, there was just, like, a lot of buildup and hype around them. I'm glad that they, like, finally broke through and made it to the finals. But, again, it's just, like, kind of trippy, I guess. It's, like, I'm watching Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals. Like, that's just – it's crazy to me, I guess, watching Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals. And uh, I guess maybe that's it, but I I just don't really care. It's, like, oh, the Rangers are on. Rangers versus Lightning is an electric series that I've, you know, generally had a really great time watching. And I don't really even watch hockey during the regular season. Of course not. Of course I don't watch hockey during the regular season. Like, of course. Like, you know. But, you know, during the playoffs, it's like, you know, the greatest thing ever. Because it's 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 playoff hockey. Like, obviously it's going to be electric. But, you know, at the same time, I just... I'm like trying to watch. I'm not. I I haven't been watching um, Oilers versus Avalanche because that's just been like sweep. Like the Avalanche are just you know really good, but you know I've been watching the Rangers because I I uh, I asked basically my friend who's a Rangers fan on Twitter and I was like, hey, like can I you know can I be a Ranger? Can I get on the bandwagon? He was like, of course. We're, we're happy to have you. And, you know, the people I have met through social media and through Twitter, Instagram, who are Rangers fans, they're all so hyped. They they love this team so much. They're so passionate about the team. So I'm rooting for the Rangers. And hopefully, you know, I mean, they handled home ice. They won game one and game two. They lost game they lost game three, which was just heartbreaking. They, they had a 2-0 lead, and they blew it big time. And couldn't score. I had the under five and a half, which is crazy because it was three two final. Rangers had an empty net with about one minute to go. I was sitting on my couch, sweating because I I had under five and a half, and it was at five. There's one minute to go. Rangers had an empty net, and I was like, just one shot. That's literally my bet is a loser. Like literally one shot, the net's open one shot and I'm done. Somehow the Rangers were able to keep the puck on, on their side. You know, they, they kept shooting, shooting, missing, missing until like the last like 10 seconds. But like, you never know. There's always, there could be a goal with like literally a, like three seconds to go. And then the under would have lost, you know? So it was like, I was sweating, and something about just playoff hockey is way better than NBA playoffs, and maybe it's just because there were so many blowouts and stuff, but, like, you know, it's just, I just don't care that much about NBA. Like, I love, I've been, I've been having a really good time watching NHL, watching baseball, and the Stanley Cup Finals will be going on, you know, post, Stanley Cup Finals will be going on post, um, post NBA finals so like that will still be around so I'm excited in general just to watch that and you know yeah so that's basically all I'd say about the NBA finals you know best best of luck best of luck to both teams it's not something I'm like really into because I just they're just they're just kind of neutral teams for me like again last year I was hate watching like last year I was hate watching this year 
It's not the same. It's not the same. But I, but I just sit there and I'm like, I'm really happy right now that I'm not watching Chris Paul. I'm really happy right now that I'm not watching LeBron James. And I really am. Like, I sit there and I take it in and I'm like, I'm so happy I'm not watching these two players right now because it, hate watching, don't get me wrong, hate watching is the most rewarding thing when the person you hate loses. Like, Chris Paul blowing that 2-0 lead, I honestly couldn't even believe it last year. I couldn't even, like, fully take it in because because I couldn't believe it, you know? Same with this year. I honestly could not believe it. I was like, no way they actually lost by 40 points to the Mavericks. You know, they, they blew another 2-0 lead. I was like, there's just no way. And so sometimes it just takes me a longer time to, like, really digest with the hate watching. But this year, I'm more like, thank God I'm not watching LeBron James. I'm not watching Chris Paul. I'm not watching Devin Booker. You know, I think they're very likable players on both teams, which is maybe why I don't care that much maybe I just really enjoy trolling and hate watching and that's why like I generally have not been like loving it but you know I uh I'll be happy for either team honestly like I think the Warriors are just like way better year wise like they're just so much you know experience there and just it just I think it might just be too much for the Celtics and the Celtics will be around they'll be back but you know I think with the Warriors it might just be a little too much to handle and that's okay, but we'll see. We'll see. We got 1-1 going to Boston and Game 3 on Wednesday. All right, so on my Instagram story, I asked you guys for some questions for today's episode. And so I have a couple of uh, questions a couple of questions from you guys that I'm just going to go ahead and answer. I got two questions. Uh, first question is – I actually got three questions. First question, what's your take on NIL? I love NIL. I think it's so great that these college players can make some make some money from playing in college. The NCAA was so corrupt. It still is, but you know, it's better now with the NIL. It was so corrupt, you know. I get that they're having free rides to these schools, but you know, I, I did a whole thing about this in school. I don't want to get too off topic, but I did a whole thing about this in school. How yes, like they have full rides and stuff. But it doesn't mean like they're still they're in like you know okay conditions. Like some of them really can't even afford like meals or you know clothing or like good living you know good living conditions because yeah they have a full ride but they can't really afford anything else. And the NIL deal allows them you know because they're profiting off their name, image, and likeness, you know they're allowed to just make money and be themselves. And the NCAA isn't like. I see the NCAA as like a dark cloud casting over these athletes. And now with the NIL, it's sunny out. Players can do what they want. They're likable. I think fans like them more with the NIL deal. Honestly, like that guy Doug from St. Peter's with the mustache, like selling t-shirts and stuff. Like I think people genuinely bought those. Um, with the NI deal, like what the NI with the NIL thing in mind, but also, like, they also, they just loved him, and before, like, he couldn't monetize off of how much people loved him, you know, people forget about him, whatever, and now he can, you know, be, he's, like, this 
March Madness legend, and he also made some dough, dough from it. Another thing is, you know, a lot of players are coming back, like Arm, uh, Baycott, you know, a lot of these players are coming back because they have dope NIL deals, and they're making more money through NIL than they would in the G League, you know, bouncing out of the G League, NBA, like, they're making more money now uh, through NIL, so they want to come back to college another year, which I think is awesome, I think that's that's amazing. I think it. I think it makes the G League look horrible. Like if you if you're making more money through NIL, obviously, like I think there's a big gap in NIL. Like you got like Baycott and you know that guy Doug from March Madness. Like that would be like the top, top, top. Like making a lot of money, and then you know you got like people that you know athletes that don't really know how to market and you know monetize themselves. But you know I think that's kind of all about the experience is how as an athlete can you you know make yourself unique to to the fan and like how could you how can you come off as you know interesting likable you know stuff like that so I think NIL is great and I think it's great that people are coming back to uh people are coming back to school because they're making more money now than they would if they went to G League I think that's awesome and I, I, I'm excited to see you know where it goes in the next couple of years because this was just year one so I'm excited to see you know where it takes off for the next couple of years next question how's life after school it's been great it's been awesome it's been a good time just been chilling not been doing too much summer you know summer vacation just uh I've honestly just been doing nothing it's that's the way to go honestly uh haven't given school one thought um you know smoking on that you know canvas pack school pack, homework pack, all of it, and I'm, it's, it's been nice, it's been very nice, um, and the last question, how did you get into Barstool, oh my gosh, this is a crazy question, I actually explained this on the podcast that I went on last week on, um, on, uh, Gambling Feud, I, I, uh, I basically talked a lot about how I got into Barstool, I'll just do, you know, I'll just do a little quick, Quick um, recap. So basically, you know, I went to camp uh, for a long time uh, on the East Coast where Barstool was a big thing. Barstool is, is not a big thing on the West Coast. People don't care about Barstool. Like when I'm like, oh, do you like Barstool? They're like, oh, my God. Yeah, I love the Instagram. Like they post such funny videos. I'm like, oh, my God, bro. We're not on the same page about that. But I went to camp. It had a lot more like Barstool, there was a lot of people that liked Barstool there, so I started to learn about Barstool, watched the content on my own, and fell in love with it. You know, I, I would definitely consider myself one of the top, one of the top West Coast stoolies out there for sure. You know, I, I'm definitely up there. Obviously, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to title myself, but I think I'm definitely up there with, with the West Coast um, stoolies, and it's, it's unique being a West Coast stoolie because there's, again, there's not many of us. Like, we're just, we chill. We're, we're a tight group, but, you know, viva, viva forever. But I basically just got in through people I went to summer camp with um, on, the, the, on the East Coast where Barstool was a lot more, like, prevalent. I always kind of knew Dave and, but, like, didn't really know the inner workings of Barstool. And then when I was at Indiana University for a year, I really, like, really got into it and started watching it basically from the beginning like from the Milton days I had so much time during those Indiana winters to really just you know hunker down and, and watch every single thing so that's basically what I did I, I just watched 
from the beginning, from the Milton days, you know, the Iron Man of Dave doing that running through the mud, like, all the way back, and then, you know, all the way back then, and then at the time, it was, like, 2019, so they were, they weren't bought yet um, by Penn, and I remember during March Madness, they had a little live stream, they were at the, um, they were at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey, it was Marty, fuck you, Marty, um, Big Cat, Dave, and Tommy, and Tommy at the time was Dave's, like, good luck charm, because the previous year, Dave had won, like, every single bet with Tommy, like, he would, he was up, like, a billion units because of Tommy, so he brought Tommy, it was, like, the first day of March Madness, like, the first weekend, it was, like, the Saturday of the round of 32, and Dave lost so much money, kicked Tommy out, and I really had no idea who these people were at the time, except Dave, like, I didn't really even know Big Cat, and I still thought it was, like, the funniest thing ever. They were taking monster hits outside of, like, they were sleeping there in these, like, tents. It was Dave's birthday. They were sleeping there. And they were taking monster hits. That was during um, Monster Hits Only Club. We need to bring that back. And I, like, barely knew these people. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I just, you know, kept watching, kept watching. And over time, like, you're just basically so... I'm, like, so intertwined with all the content. I've met so many great people through Barstool, like, just liking Barstool. There's so many great stoolies out there, so many people who are passion- as passionate about Barstool as me, and it's it's really awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I just kind of, you know, it was kind of through a mutual thing, and then when I had the time in Indiana to do absolutely nothing, I said, all right, you know, this is really where I'm going to where I'm going to, you know, start, start my new obsession. And it's, it's been going on now for like four years, legit, like four years, like hardcore Barstool four years. Like obviously I knew them before since around like 2016, but hardcore for about four years. So yeah, that is my like really condensed and quick Barstool story. It's definitely like if anyone really wanted to hear, I could do a full episode on it. Um, but it's, that's my condensed, like, three-minute version of of it. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for today. I will be back on Friday with a uh, Game 3 recap and a Mets recap in San Diego. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they do well. And I will be in Anaheim on Saturday at the Angels and Mets game. Excited for that to see Trevor Williams Good old Trevor Williams, our ace, take on the Anaheim Angels. And so, yeah, that's going to do it. I will catch you guys. um, I'll catch you guys on Friday. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you then. Peace.